Hello and welcome back to another episode of Going Through the Motions with me, Callum. And me, Alex. How's it going, guys? We are the podcasting equivalent of when you have a shower and you come out of that shower and you realise you're still sweating because it's, uh, as you said, hotter than the surface of the sun right now in London. It is hotter than the surface of the sun. And people who live in much hotter, warmer climates than Great Britain might think that we're complaining a, a bit too much. But shut up. It's too hot. I'm not, well, I'm not so, having it. <laughs> so just to kind of give you a little bit of context, obviously Alex and I are both Scottish and we are both living in London. And recently I had the opportunity to go back home and see family and see friends. And it was very nice. And one of the days, uh, it was Maddie's birthday. So we went out for food. Oh, happy birthday uh, and, to her. Yeah, and down at that, and down at the, what was my birthday too? I never got Oh yeah, to, it was, wasn't it? Yeah, you know, and yours. <laughs> oh yeah, God. all the birthdays. <laughs> Yeah, it has been the birthday season for us, actually. But uh, down the street, instantly sunburnt. I mean, I got instantly sunburnt in Scotland. And I'm not talking, oh, you're a bit pink. I mean, I was like, I'm going to have to put some moisturizer on this stuff. Um, Peeling at the moment, not good. Still uh, a little bit red. Because I I, I mean, I do go, do you know the the, the, um, continental Europe call people from the UK? They call us beef. Because beef. we are beef, right. because we, we go to that kind of pinkish color of, of as, as you would say, a, a massive uh, cut of beef. When you cut into it, we are the same color as that. And so they go, oh, English beef is kind of like our, ah, our British beef color. Yeah. And and I was when I so I've got some friends in Portugal who kind of announced this and they told me and I was uh, instantly offended, but then completely unoffended after about three seconds when i went no that makes absolute sense and i think it's i think it's a nice i love a good derogatory term against us that's kind of subtle it's obviously stating the obvious i thought beef was a compliment because i was like oh lean and a bit muscular no if anything (laughs) you're fat juicy and dripping with oil as i can see you are right now absolutely sun sun quality i have some funny stories to tell you from where I was away in uh, when I was away in Scotland. Yep, yep, yep. And I had the had the chance to go away up north, and we went to a lovely uh, a sort of I guess bed and breakfast up uh, just outside of our Broth area uh, in the lovely valley of Glen Clover. Highly recommend anybody who who goes uh, who, who's up in that area of Scotland to go. It's it's a it's a beautiful place to stay. We plug plug for them. I mean, they, and it was quite funny because we were. Uh, up from from london and i think a lot of the locals uh nearby were going to stay to kind of keep the place in business but we on a number of occasions kind of ran into i guess some relatively hostile sort of the employees that worked there because they were they were kind of rolling their eyes at, oh you guys are up from london and oh, coming right. up to infect coming up to infect yeah, yeah, us yeah, yeah. Uh, which was quite which was quite funny but made us laugh. With the first night we were there, we stayed in the uh, well. We stayed stayed there two nights. But the, the first night we were there, we we stayed late in the evening in, in the sort of bar area. And I was with my dad and my dad's wife, so my stepmom and uh, and Maddie. And the four of us were having some drinks. And it was it was very quiet. I think it was a Monday night. And a couple of gents walked in behind us, and they were just sort of like two typical Scottish lads, one older and one a little bit younger. And um, they they basically they were. It's this thing in Scotland that I've noticed is that actually in these sort of rural locations in a pub, if there's only two groups of people, you'll find that more often than not, they'll break the silence and just start talking to each other. Yeah. 
And this guy just was very instantly like wanting to engage in a conversation. And we were quite tired, but you know, we were like, okay, fine, we'll chat. And it turns out that they were the jacuzzi repairmen working at the hotel. Fantastic. So this, so this, so this hotel had a couple of rooms that had jacuzzis attached to it or, or like cabins as it were. Yep. Um, and so obviously what do you do when you, when you meet a jacuzzi repairman, you kind of go, well, you know, asking questions around that it's not every day you meet them and so he kind of was was going and he was he was a scottish lad and he was kind of going into detail in terms of oh i yeah I, I wouldn't get in a jacuzzi if i were like i've i've been cleaning them for 15 years and i would never get in one myself not until you clean them you know how filthy they actually are and some of the people that go in them fair, fair and enough going, oh, fair exactly enough. and this guy was going, oh, sp-. they were like do any of you go in a jacuzzi and the question uh yeah i mean yeah and have you had a drink in it? I mean, yeah, you know, you do. Instantly the worst thing you can do. And let me tell you why. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as the alcohol mix, it mixes in the chemical, my topolis clothes-on gets in. Do you know what that means? And No, why would we? Oh, basically, if you fart in a jacuzzi, it gets under your skin and you get a parasite. And we're like, oh, this is really riveting. And of course, my, da- my dad fuels it. He goes, so can you tell me what is the worst thing you have ever found in a jacuzzi after you've gone round to clean it? Without hesitation, the boy went, strap on dildo. I found two now. (laughs) Which is like, and I'm there with my parents and I'm like, oh, he said strap on dildo. And he's fine too. That's nice. Yeah, I don't know know what's funnier, just the fact that what, what what he came out with was strap on dildo or just imagining the scenario that that somebody left one in there yeah yeah exactly twice twice <laughs> and i and i and i i didn't have the guts to kind of go was it the same jacuzzi was it some sort of was it the same guest but uh, i was gonna ask if it yeah. was the same dildo is the same, same one. again <laughs> same jacuzzi same dildo <laughs> But different guests. Just check it. Interesting. Check the serial number. Yeah, exactly. No, that would have been such a twist. That would have been such a twist. <laughs> it's, it's um, following us. Yeah, but but here's the thing: the guests, <laughs> the guests that left it the first time, checked out three days prior. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> it's haunted. It's like that haunted hairpiece story. Yeah. Where you where you get a where you get the wig of of a serial killer. Do you become a serial killer? No, I think you're just a bulk with a serial wig. Yeah. Uh, but no, it was it was nice. I did have another funny story. Probably get to it at some point. Wasn't quite as rudy. Saw your folks though. That's very nice. It's more yeah. than I've done. <laughs> yeah, went up. Saw so, so folks had a lovely uh, a lovely biscuit and cup of tea, socially distanced. Oh, very garden, nice, very nice. Which was which was which is lovely to host us. Uh, did a bit of cycling. How much drinking did, did you do? Oh. I'm, I've still got the shakes. I'll be honest. I'm on a bit of a detox. That's the thing, you know. You go home and it's birthdays and it's weekends and nothing's open. So what do you do? You just you just drink, don't yep. you? You just drink with your family and it's just oh well, we may as well have another have another drink. It's funny. We brought gifts. Obviously, it was birthday season and more of more and more of our gifts are we brought it was like a chumbawamba song it was you have a whiskey drink we had a vodka drink we had a lager drink we had a bringing home bottles of gin whiskey we had i think we got a bottle of sham lovely gifts but it's kind of like i guess this is the future now. <laughs> just to keep just to keep us on point uh but best to know when you come around next we've got a full cabinet oh uh, lovely stocked up for you but uh but yeah it's been it's, it was good it was nice um but but nice to get back to London, I'll bet. Yeah, nice to get back to London. Nice to get back to uh, a routine. Nice to be back in sweltering London. I mean, it's it disgusting, sound, isn't it? Does it does it sound weird to say that it smells like Europe? 
I know that sounds weird, but let me let me expand on that. Every time I go to Spain, um, every time I go to Spain, when I used to, when I was younger and went to Spain on, on holidays, there was that kind of iconic smell of just heat. Yeah. Heat and kind of like, I guess, like hot tarmac or hot buildings. I guess yeah. the, the infrastructure around you will will start to smell differently when it's exposed to a hotter no, temperature. No, you're absolutely right. And it does smell. smell. It does smell like that. I don't know. Uh-huh. Well, what... First of all, what's the difference between a smell and an aroma? Because I reckon it's closer to an aroma, but then... So if you are middle to upper class, you call it an aroma. And if you're uh, sort of blue collar, it's, it's a smell. That's right. generally the difference. Oh, yeah. right. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> That's me exactly. totally. <laughs> For example, if someone from the upper class walks outside and sees uh, a dog is defecating the street, they go, that, uh, that, 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 dog, uh, that, that dog shite is aroma. That dog shite is aroma. That, that aroma. That aroma is. Oh, and another one to use is they say pungent as well. Pungent. Well, you've Whereas never it's... you've never used uh, pungent normally before. No, no, because because it's an addition. So you can say again to to middle to upper class. We'll say it's a pungent aroma because pungent ad- adds to the word aroma. Yeah. Whereas again, lower class, the word to add to is fucking. So uh, that dog shite fucking stinks. Yeah. Whereas that dog shite's a pungent aroma. That's 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 yeah. that's the thing yeah. there. We are a music and movies <laughs> podcast. Apparently. Each week, each week we discuss uh, some of our more favorite movies with impeccable soundtracks that have uh, been very carefully designed to move the, mo- the movie forward, motifs that add to the drama, that excite and anticipate uh, any scene that's being palpably maintained and written into such a drastic way and this week we uh kind of are falling back on our own sword because we're going back down the whole road of an animated movie we're also going back to a composer we've done before a studio we've done before and i think for all intents purposes this is quite a safe one this week isn't it yeah i'd say so that's that was a cracking introduction cracking little monologue there i'd like like a variation on that theme in, in future episodes i think Mm, in in the description i think gone are the days now that you've dropped that of we are a movie and music podcast i think that Mm. that's too some that's too simple now we now Mm, need mm. that kind of flair for Mm. the intro i'll i'll write um i'll write a small uh i'll write a small um poem i'd say so for that yes a haiku or a limerick limerick haiku or limerick i remember when i was when i was in university this was this would have been leaving high school I remember uh, meeting a girl at a party once and because uh, I didn't know what the word limerick meant. She was from Ireland and she went, oh, I'm actually from Limerick. Right. And she went, and I don't know any. And I went, <laughs> <laughs> because just, if you don't know what limerick the, means, dead in the face. I, literally, I, I, it was one of those ones where two or so years later, when I learned what a limerick was, instantly my mind was cast back to that scene. I went, my God, I must have looked You must have looked so like stupid. an absolute fool. She was like, I, I, I'm from Limerick and I don't know any. And I'm like, that's that's a word. That's a word. I'm from North Berwick and I know a lot of people from North Berwick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, but this week, obviously, as I hinted at, we are back to Pixar Studios. I, I wouldn't even say cult. I mean, it was a smash hit, wasn't it? Mon- yeah, Monsters, Monsters Inc. Inc. Monsters 2001. Inc. And I guess... I think the elephant in the room we should probably explain up top. Alex and I took a bit of time to discuss the the podcast and we've been looking at the the data, so to speak. We've been looking at the numbers and we've been listening to a lot of fan feedback and emails 
over the last month, we took a, a little bit of time off to do a single movie per episode. And I can safely say now to you, but that was a small experiment on our half. Yeah. We being a bit cheeky. Just a little and bit. Just a little bit just cheeky. Just a little bit and cheeky. So we have uh, come to the conclusion that that is uh, a more appropriate way to move the podcast forward. So from now on, uh, a lot of our shows are going to be a single movie per episode. Yes, very ex- very exciting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I think uh, now that we've got that explained, do we want to dive into this one? I think so. I think so. I very mm-hmm. mu- I thoroughly enjoyed rewatching this the other day when we decided yes. to do this because... I'll be honest, it's not one that I dive into that often no. as far as the Pixar catalogue is concerned. I mean, mm. Toy Story is obviously top of the list as mm. far as what I go back to. Finding Nemo. Is it? Yeah, Finding Nemo, I think, is probably my favourite Pixar movie. And I watched and I watch that a lot. And curiously, Brave is one that I've seen a lot. Mm. And I think it's probably because of the Scottish thing, but <laughs> so I I, w- I want to watch Brave more. I I'll be honest. I I I wished Brave was better. Oh I'm no, Brave is good. I like Brave. Uh, I like I'm not Brave. A huge fan of it. No, I the the in my opinion, the one that I think is the hidden gem is well. I think there's two hidden gems. They're more newer ones than the old ones. Obviously, Toy. Everyone loves Toy Story. Yeah. Toy Story Two. I think I think Toy Story Two is the best. Uh, Pixar movie, but my favorite is Coco. I think. Oh, lovely, Coco! Crack, it just, cracking music as well. That it's Coco. Yeah, we'll get to it at one point. Yeah, but Coco. Definitely will. Really, it really hit me over the head with emotions. That one. Yeah, but as I and, said, Mon- Monsters Inc. Very much, very much enjoyed. Got wonderful characters, wonderful animation, and. One thing I noticed about the characters actually in this is this the first time that they've really designed the actual characters on the actors that are portraying them? Because previously you've had Tom Hanks and I was about to say Woody Allen. It's not Woody Allen, it's Tim Allen. No. Tim, Allen. <laughs> Tim Allen, it's not Woody Allen. And, and Tim Allen, obviously, in their iconic Toy Story roles, but they don't really look anything anything like themselves in real life. Whereas mm. I would put to you that Sully looks a bit like John Goodman. Mike, yes. Mike Wazowski looks a little bit, looks a little bit like... Billy Crystal, Billy Crystal and Randall definitely very he looks very like Steve yeah. Buscemi. I I think I think is it Buscemi or Buscemi Bu- or Buscemi Buscemi or Buscemi. I I, <laughs> I, uh, I, I definitely. So it was actually John Goodman that pushed for Steve Buscemi to get the role as Randall. Oh really? Yeah. So great so piece John of casting. Goodman, I love yeah Steve really Buscemi in this. They're they're great. That I was thinking back to this. I was looking at it, and I'm like, actually, it is a great cast. John Buscemi and Steve and, and yeah. it's Jesus. John Goodman and Steve Buscemi. <laughs> John John Buscemi. Uh, John Buscemi. Exactly. No, I, I I to that point, yeah, I I think there was a lot of the characters characterization of Randall does embody that kind of look. Maybe they could have made the eyes a bit bigger. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, maybe a bit. But the other two as well. Genuinely, I think there's a lot of John Goodman like in the in the face. Oh, the face of, definitely. Of Sully. Yeah, face. In the face well, of we, Sully. And we, 
And we talked a little bit about Shrek, obviously, last week. And I kind of mentioned the point that when Chris Farley was replaced by Mike Myers, they, they had to do a lot of reconstruction of the face. And not as such uh, what it looked like, but more how the words came out of the mouth. Yeah. And I know that sounds weird to say out loud, but the, the, I, think, I think that's something that they were able to capture quite well with Sully. Do you want to just talk briefly about the animation just whilst we're on it? Yeah, sure. The the the, the animation style for Monsters Inc. at the time was uh, again it was it was as revolutionary as Pixar was, mm-hmm. but there was a slight hybrid model that was used during this movie, and that's because Mike Wazowski and Randall are more of your. Um, I guess your standard color palette that Pixar relies upon. If you imagine the 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 sheen, where you know that satisfying. I guess the the best way to describe it, and I forget the name of this type of um, animation, but the best way to describe it is you know that scene where Woody's getting touched up in Toy Story Two. Oh yeah, my favorite. Brushed up and stuff. Yeah, you know that scene where <laughs> exactly getting touched. Not not quite buzz. <laughs> um, but you know that scene. You know that scene. Bo Peep with a hook. Yeah. Uh, you know that. You know that scene where Woody's getting kind of a brush up and a touch up. Yeah. And he, uh, they they paint the bottom of his of his shoe. Yeah. It's just so satisfying. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That that model. So so that's one style of animation that's used. But then you also have Sully because Sully is a, is a hairy character. As in, there's a lot of fur. Yeah. And so they did a lot of like individual animations of like a lot of, of it. A of lot of hairs. Of it, yeah. Mm, a lot of it a lot of it the, the the specific animation of it and then they reused a lot of that for a lot of the scenes but the point i'm trying to make is that i actually i don't think monsters inc stands up as well as i thought it did okay. in terms of animation i remember I being it. amazed by it when it came out me too like visually and yeah me too but visually i rewatched inside out and obviously the technology is 20 years on yeah. like it, it, or, or nearly nearly 20 yeah. years on but i think obviously and then you compare it to old Toy Story, and you you forgive it because it was the nineties. Yeah, I, I now there were some frames in Monsters Inc. that I'm like, I don't know, maybe it's my TV, maybe it was, I, you know, and I've I change around the picture settings, I change around, and obviously we watch it on Disney Plus. Yep. But yeah, it, it caught me, caught me off guard. That's interesting. It's it's a weird one because Pixar's always been about the technology of animation and. Um, you know, they they basically pioneered computer animation and inevitably because of Pixar, Disney moved away from hand-drawn animation so that mm. now even the Disney Studios ones, they look more like Pixar movies, like Wreck-It mm. Ralph, for example. Mm. That That's all computer animated. But mm. then now Pixar have gone like one step further because have you, have you seen The Good Dinosaur? I haven't, no. The, the, the computer animation in that is incredible i swear it's the precursor to the live action lion king because basically what it is it's completely computer animated but the backgrounds look photorealistic like they look like the rivers look like rivers the mountains look like mountains the grass it looks so realistic but then they have really cartoonish dinosaurs romping Mm. around on them and it's really rather a beautiful movie but i sort of miss the more cartoony style using the computer animation to still get a cartoon as opposed to pushing the boundaries to make animation look like real life Mm, i don't know mm. if i've articulated that well enough but that's just one thing yeah that that makes sense it's just one thing that i've missed and i think i think wally did that as well wally did that where things just looked a little bit too real and you couldn't really suspend your 
this belief as much. But that's just like my personal preference, and they are going to do what they want to do. But the storytelling yeah. is still magnificent, and specifically the scene in Wally where Wally and Eva are dancing in space. That is a, I would say, almost too crisp at times. Absolutely, <laughs> it's it's it's, it's, it's a, um, just on the on the point we were making previously about John Goodman, uh, kind of. Uh, having his sort of facial like, uh, features displayed on Sully. S Sully was actually originally going to be wearing glasses. The some of the original drawings of Sully had glasses, and they actually removed the glasses so that they could push the features of John Goodman a little bit more Fair into enough. his face. Yeah. So that's that's something that, that I found quite interesting. Yeah, that's an, in that's an interesting decision to put one of your main characters in glasses. Cause mm. Mm. It... Uh, do we want to talk about Randy Newman then? I think we should. Yeah, we are a uh, movie and music podcast after go, all. Go, go, go for it, mate, because I know I know you've got a lot of points uh, on Randy. So, and, and first of all, watching this movie, and obviously we're we're always watching these movies with the lens of how does the music function and how does it make us feel and stuff like that. And I realized that I got to the end of the movie, and apart from a few moments, I kind of thought, "Oh, it's Toy Story." I'm so in agreement and I didn't want to be the one to say this. I know. And I, and I felt really I bad because down. I love it. And then I, I went, Oh, it's uh it's, so, it's Toy Story. <laughs> so that sequence where uh, Boo is, uh, uh, I, I can't remember. It's like Boo is on her, uh, Sully's back. It's the, it's the first sequence where Sully tries to put Boo back through her door. Yeah. He's panicked. He's, he's calmed down. And I went, I am almost certain if I had the time, I could find this exact piece of music that's that's accompanying this yeah. this dramatic in Toy scene Story two in Toy Story two yeah exactly it, it it was it was it was almost identical and yeah uh, I was I was it, it was that whole thing of um do you know whilst watching it and you said the word there is how does it function it 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 works it still works. Yeah. It's only you and I that are really going to get really that critical about it. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, I mean, but does, is it bad? Is it wrong? No, I don't know. I don't think it is wrong because I I very much like the fact that certain composers have certain styles and that they have their own voice, as it were. Mm. And this is still very much Randy Newman. I, I don't believe for a second actually that if we, you know, compared Toy Story 2 and monsters like side by side that we would get actual copy and pasted material i mm. don't think that exists i just think that his style is so individual that it just it, it just all sounds the same sure i think sure. it just no, all sounds the fair. same but it that's is fair. all original material and i think the way that it's crafted to do certain things is still very clever in the movie i don't I don't think it's just a blanket Randy Newman score on top of mm. an animated movie. I th I think it still does a very good job of commenting what's going on and driving the drama forward. Mm. It's just that it sounds so so close to Toy Story. Yeah. That's the only yeah. that's the only thing. So the 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 massive difference uh obviously and and so um, and we we we'll get to um wouldn't have nothing because it, it Again, it's 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 derivative, in my opinion, of you've got a friend. It is, but, yeah. But but let's but let's but let's look. Let's focus on the differences before we wrap it up with that one, because I've got a lot of facts on that one. Uh, 
obviously the main feature of this is a jazz. It's it's a jazz movie soundtrack. Yeah. Um, we obviously touched on Whiplash a while ago, which was a, a very much a jazz movie soundtrack as well that yeah. accompanied it. Uh, but this functions in a different way because w- w- ultimately you you rely on different styles of music to portray different sequences in this movie. Yeah. Uh, the case in point being where you have the scare floor floor, for example. I love the that track, track. Scare floor is is brilliant. It's brilliant. Yeah, it's the, like the drums. Yeah. Are absolutely they are as animated as what you're watching on the screen and i and i love that pairing it's it's perfect yeah and the saxophone as well how that slowly weaves its way in through the music you know the saxophone acts almost as the as as the kind of the 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 it tells the narrative of what you're seeing the drums set the pace yeah to this standard day in the life you know it's another day scaring kids i i thought it's fantastic yeah you know there's a couple of key pot key words that you listed there that i'm really glad you did and that's just every day and like just yep. any so day it's a normal day just this a normal is, is normal a, day yeah. that idea coupled with the jazz kind of scene of it is very much derivative and or not derivative but it's very much inspired by do, do you know a piece by george gershwin called rhapsody in blue I have heard of this. Yes, I've heard of this. So from a friend of mine recommended this. So it was the same one from Portugal I was mentioning before. Yeah, oh, great. <laughs> Ironically, oh, it was great. the same one. It's a great piece for large symphony orchestra and solo piano, but it's got a fantastic, well, probably one of the most recognizable bits in it is it opens with a clarinet solo where it okay. goes, and then you get this big slide to go, Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you recognize yes. that one? I well, I mean, you sang it so beautifully. Uh, how well, could I'm, I have I'm, not I'm, recognized? No, how could you? How could you not? But the, the point about that name. piece. The point about that piece was it was a landscape. It was a musical landscape by George Gershwin of New York City. Mm. Uh, if you and if you want a really good visual companion to that piece, go to Fantasia two thousand another Mm -hmm. Disney movie, and they actually animated Mm -hmm. a short cartoon to go along with that piece. And I think that Monsters, Inc. very much takes inspiration from that, not only only because Monstropolis, the capital city of the monster world, is very much much styled after after New York. I always feel like when Mm. Sully and mike are coming out of their apartment it's somewhere like brooklyn or something like yeah that. yeah you you still kind of downtown isn't yeah, it? yeah kind of and and i think that driving jazz thing there's always this the the, the drums going on und- underneath like ding, 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 mm, and mm, you think of mm. subways and you think that and then you take that to the scare floor and that's their work and they're just at work and mm you've still got that going on on underneath so that's kind of like what it made me think of um now to move on i'm going to talk about three times where the music uh very very carefully added to scenes and these occasions where this happened a couple of them are only about five seconds long okay yeah so the first one okay uh Enter Heroes, the track Enter Heroes, where you have the slow motion walking of Sully and I guess the the top scarers in Monsters Incorporated. And you have that amazing bugle horn of these 
you know, these these war heroes, so to speak, the, these these beacons of hope that are going to power the city yeah. coming in. And it's a it's a brilliant slow motion montage sequence. Yeah, and, I, a, and I love the bugle it's, horn. It's a little bit of a, a nod and a wink to uh, Apollo 11, right? Yeah, 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 of course, of course. The 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 second two pieces are, uh, I would say, blink and you miss them. But what's the ear or the li- the listening of, uh, equivalent of blink and you'll miss them? But I'll, I'll get into them now. So there are two pieces of music that Randy Newman. I mean, I haven't looked this up or verified it, but listen back and you'll go. Obviously, he's done this, but he's taken inspiration from. And that is uh, during the sequence where I, we talked about Boo hiding on Sully's back. Yeah. You know where he turns around and he walks away? And and it's at that moment you realize Boo's actually hiding on his back. Yeah. Uh, th- there's a there's an interpretation of the psycho theme that plays when he comes out of... Uh, yeah. When he comes out. Yeah. And he comes running and you hear him scream because obviously he's running into the... He's walking into the toilet. Yeah, into and the it's, shower. So, it's so fast. It's literally just... Uh, it's literally just like two or three little yes. violin yeah yeah it's yeah, like yeah yeah then and gone. uh and the final the final one is that sequence where sully and mike and boo are hiding in the bathroom again back to the bathroom and randall is in the bathroom at that time and he hears someone i got to drop a foot or something into the toilet yeah and he turns instantly invisible and then he starts kicking the doors open one at a time yeah uh, the the what you have there is is you have the um uh uh sort of not a whole note um oh you you're gonna you're gonna I, I'm gonna try and get to this the actual musical term of it and then I'll see the most famous example of it but it is uh not a whole tone a half tone like Jaws dun, dun. oh semi tone semitone not i knew it was a, i knew semi something but 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 you basically that sequence the music in that uh, is derivative of jaws yeah where he's that, kicking the doors that's what that's one i didn't notice that that's one mm. i didn't notice the jaws thing mm-hmm. watch it back maybe i'm wrong i haven't looked it up but as soon as i saw it, i went obviously he's they've added a few it's they use semitones is, is what yeah. i'm saying which yeah. is the most famous was jaws but and it's building tension a- absolutely and it builds tension in the same way because it's like creeping it's stalking yes. and yes yeah so you know yeah I'd, I'd, i love I'll, it I'll when they use that. science in movies i love it when they use science to make music it's like like the whole i, I keep going back to the whole dsi ray yeah, oh, yeah, man, yeah. I, I took a day off when i worked that one whole thing out <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah you would have had that it would have been well, emotionally I draining i did not work out uh couple of other tracks i want to talk a little bit about uh, it's just gives you shivers really uh sully scares boo and boo going home oh now very it's sad. it's they're very similar pieces of music and uh, oh goodness the the piano in it i can hear it in my head yeah and yeah no it's a little derivative of uh, a lot of toy story stuff but God, that, that that breaks you. I think this is one of the first... This is the thing with the Toy Story movies. I never remember the Toy Story... Until Toy Story 3. Picks, obviously, and that came quite a few years later after the first two. Toy Story 1, Toy Story 2 didn't have a huge amount of really sad moments. I would say that moment where Sully is saying goodbye to Boo up to that point was the saddest on-screen thing that happened to yeah. Pixar. Now, Pixar are now I mean, known for those just absolutely 
poking the right buttons to make you cry. I would say when somebody loved me in Toy Story 2 is proper upsetting. Yeah. Or upsetting, but sad. Just what what actually? Okay, we're going to do this then quickly. Before we continue with this point, what is the the saddest Pixar moment? What's the Oh, it's Toy Story 3. Like, Toy Story 3 is the undeniable truth to this yeah like it just is and for me oh god i think <laughs> i just remembered it for a see you partner oh, oh god. god no 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 it, um thanks guys <laughs> oh thanks guys thanks guys nah <laughs> yeah nah <laughs> and oh, but also like but also in, in toy story 3 when they're holding when hands they're holding hands furnace. going into hello disney people disney people you've made a movie where you're showing your central your your entire cast accept death. Yes. What are yes. you doing? Yes. <laughs> this yes. is a kids movie. <laughs> yes. The the I mean the other two sequences to bring to light obviously is um married it's um oh, what's this piece of music called? Marriage Married Life. Yeah. Uh for the opening sequence of Up. Yeah. Which God and... I mean that I mean that that is that is right up there. I mean I don't think I don't think it will elicit the ugly crying in me that Toy Story mm. 3 does. Because <laughs> I'm not ashamed I, to admit it. Like, yeah. absolute state watching the that one movie. that got. I'll choose to watch got, it, though. I'll choose to watch yeah. it, though. I find that experience quite cathartic. Yeah. Just to the let one that, out that kind of thing. Well, so, do you know, the first thing that actually I don't cry often at movies, and the one that pushed me over the edge was actually Coco. Oh, nice. It pushed me over the edge. Nice. And I watch it Did for you the enjoy same it? reason. Oh, I well up at it every time. But do you enjoy well the fact it. that it makes you do Oh, that? yeah, yeah, yes, yes. Sorry, yeah, yeah, that's the point I was trying to make. Yes, I, I watch it for the same reason you do, that cathartic experience of, I know this is going to trigger me and that's okay. Like, I like it. Like, that overwhelm, overwhelming, you know, and because it, and it, it's, it's, it's a drug. It's an endorphin that you're releasing. Yeah. You're, you're addicted to go back to it and watch it. You know, why so many people cry at Titanic and stuff and why it's regarded as one of the best movies of all time because people want to feel that way. Um, and, okay. <laughs> No, I think they do. Well, it's the same reason. Why do people watch scary movies? Because they want to feel scared. They want that adrenaline yeah. rush. The, the, That's the... one thing I've never actually like understood, though. <laughs> I mean, you know, you know me in horror movies. Like, yeah, I, I undeniably there is that rush, and I understand the science of why people want to watch it like that. But mm. I enjoy that because that's is that the same hormone that you get from riding a roller coaster Every, yes absolutely see i absolutely love roller is. coasters it's the, the, endor- uh, the endorphin rush yeah, yeah. To your brain. i yes, love but, roller but... coasters and mm-hmm. which means i love experiencing that sensation that kind yeah. of risk that kind of um well un- yeah but i would say if i would say a, a roller coaster has uh you, you it, the, look, you know, not to get too into it, but there's there's quite clearly an argument to be made by the fact that because because you have never had an incident or an accident on a roller coaster, you associate with a safe procedural way. So it's a controlled risk. Yeah. Whereas growing up, you've obviously had a situation where you've been very scared at a movie. You it felt uncomfortable. You felt out of control, and therefore you can't associate that adrenaline rush in the same parameters as a roller coaster because you will always associate it with that time you just felt out of control and and not and, like and not controlled state, scared yeah almost almost yeah, and, yeah. I, and i it took me a while to get over that with hormones anyway the, the point i was making as well was just back to the animation of this exact scene where boo is going home is the animated they give sully tears yeah 
And when you see an animated character cry in such an emotional piece, and then you have Randy Newman's piece in the back, it breaks you. Like it yeah. really does. Like it, it, it's 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 beautiful. No, it really is. It really is. I no, I do love that piece of music. It's yeah, gorgeous. So let's get on to wouldn't have nothing. And I guess the 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 monsters Inc. Jazz main intro theme. You know yeah. that that. Yeah, it's really great. I love that. I love that opening montage. The doors. Yeah, the doors and the monsters going through the doors. The amazing. Yeah, it is. It is really really great. And you know, I always, I never associated that movie with that much with that much color. For me, the the advertising and the of of all of it was always blue just blue 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 yeah yeah right yeah i know what you're and then and then i and then i forget because i think unless you just watched it if you were to describe the opening logo of monsters inc you would probably say the monsters inc logo is in blue but on a black background is it not red what is it not red though Oh god, now you've got me. Surely it's not. But if it is red, you've just proved. No, it is. It is. You're right. It's blue. Yeah, but it's yeah, it's blue. Oh. But then, but then, it, I'm sure it comes up. It's, it's but it, but in that sequence, it's red. In that sequence, it's red. Yes. Oh no, it's not. Oh, I'm See, that's the thing I'm you can't nuts. tell because because literally all the visuals are blue. Obviously, Sully's a big blue hairy beast, mm. and. The logo is blue. The MI is blue, and mm. all of that. And I just, for some reason, just associate Monsters Inc. with the color blue. Mm. Mm. And then, and so I always get very, very surprised, and it always makes me smile a little bit when I see that opening credit, as it were, the opening visuals, and mm. then all the doors kind of slot in behind the logo of Monsters Inc. And you, you've just got this big wall of color. Yeah, I was like, oh, I always forget that it does that, and it's really, mm. really nice. I really like mm. it. But the 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 theme itself, Maddie and I have been singing that opening theme for the past week now, because obviously I told her I was doing this. Yeah, it gets in your head. We, it is the biggest earworm of an intro music. I mean, and I prefer like that as an intro. I would say is probably probably the best instrumental piece of music in a in a pixar movie i think it is okay. in my opinion um I, I i just i just i just love i think that and i also think the thomas newman's uh finding nemo the 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 kind of uh the, you know the bit when it's kind of introducing marlin and the the one the one fish egg that survives oh yeah uh, that's, i i think that, that's, that's a the, heartbreaking moment as well exactly exactly and then obviously we have the song wouldn't have nothing if I didn't have you. And as I said before, very derivative of you got a friend in me. This actually won Randy Newman the Oscar for best uh, original song. Oh, After fantastic. 16 Academy Awards. This was one of the first wins nice. uh, that, 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 that he had. So I I, I, 16 really nominations. Amazing. 16 nominations. Sorry, yeah. I don't know what I said. Uh, but but uh, there's obviously two versions of this on the soundtrack. There is Billy Crystal and... Uh, John Goodman singing it, which yep. is really funny, and they put their spin of their characters singing it to each other, yeah. which is kind of the Woody and Buzz sort of style. Well, yeah, but it's and interesting then... because Toy Story's never been explicit whether the song is about Woody and Buzz or about Woody and Andy. Andy. Yeah, yes. And I've quite liked 
that ambiguity over the years. Oh and yes, I've gone, I agree. I've gone back yes. and forward on on whether or not Toy Story is a Woody and Andy movie or a Woody and Buzz movie. Yes, and yeah, and I and at the moment I don't know where I'm landing landing at the moment. I, Toy Story three is very much a Woody and Andy movie. Yes, even though Andy's yes. Andy's not really in it until the end. Yeah, they, they they you're right. They use it in different. That's a really we've never had that discussion. God, that's a really great point you make. I like that. That's a great one. I mean, obviously, think of yourself at home. I would have. I would fall on. I would fall on Buzz and Woody, but there are times where it's used for Woody and Andy. I think Toy Story Three is a good one because I would go when, the other way personally and for no other reason than because the first time you hear the song it's in the the opening sequence with andy playing with woody yeah but but then and also in toy story 3 it's it's still an opening montage of woody and andy or or andy playing with woody as a as a boy but then the 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 music cuts out yeah as he grows up yeah and that's what you know it stops because he grows over so yeah Yeah. probably probably right actually um whereas this is very much uh, wouldn't have nothing is very much Sully and Mike. Yes. Oh yeah. Yes. Yes. Like, yeah. And the fact it's, that it's, it is actually it's, sung no by them, and there's no ambiguity to that. No. And it's and I like it. It's a great a great song. Fully deserve the Oscar. And the only other musical point that I wanted to draw to that I have on my list was obviously we talked about Shrek's Super Dance Party, and we talked about uh, Far Far Away Idol. Yeah. Uh. Is this uh, the smash, the smash hit that's soon to be coming to the West End? Put that thing back, <laughs> or so help me. Put put that I, thing I where it. As, what, what is it? Put that, put that thing back where it came from, or so yeah, help me. It's back. musical. I would go as far bom, as to bom, say bom, bom. that is the funniest joke in a Pixar movie for me. Like it, 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 as far as I'm concerned, that is the funniest. That's the funniest thing in a in in a Pixar movie, the idea that on his feet he went. It's a musical. Put that thing back where, and he's going boom boom boom. Put that. Bom, she's bom. out of our hair. Yeah. <laughs> and 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 uh, and he sings it again, and then and 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 if you watched it on Disney Plus, it doesn't have it, which really annoyed me. So I had to look it up on YouTube to find. Yeah, it, it didn't because I was about to but, I was about to hold my hand up and say. Oh, I, I think I, I think I cut the movie short. I think I I think I no, stopped it's it. Not the... it. It's is not it on it. Is it not in the extras? Is it in the it's, extras? It uh, might be. I haven't looked, but I mean, can we just get into this? And and there are so many parts of that three minute part of, of obviously the, they show the montage of them going. Well, we we it, it's the, it's the idea that they went. Well, because I get the impression that someone went to Mike. They went, hey, you know that musical you were preparing for? Is it there? And he kind of went... Do you still need ushers? (laughs) Yeah. And he's kind of went, oh, for fuck. And then they've had to throw this thing together. And and then by throwing it together, he's kind of just dragged everyone into it. And so it's like the whole cast are just doing it for themselves. Like, nobody wants to do this. I like it because no one actually wants to do this thing. But then because no one wants to do it, they've obviously taken pleasure out of it. Yeah. So it starts with obviously Sully standing up on the screen and introducing it, and then obviously Mike is like controlling the spotlight, and it comes off of him instantly, and and then and then it goes, uh, <laughs> "There's a child, there's a child, there's a human child," <laughs> and it's, and they're just going fucking mental around the restaurant, yeah. and 
the single best part of this three-minute video is Mike on the stool blatantly ripping off Michael Jackson say, w- w- song, She's Out of My Life, yeah. where he's there and he's going, she's out of our heads. And the, and the audience, you can hear them in the background. And, and, it's the, and it's the double spotlight on him. You've got him in the foreground and the image to the, yeah. to the right and then him on the stool on the left. I I can't watch that without bursting out laughing every time. It's so it's so it, it's my favorite joke in Pixar. Like it is the funniest thing I think Pixar have done it by is. and large. No, it, it, that is really good. I'm gonna have to go back and watch it because it's been oh. way too long since I saw it, and regrettably I did forget about it. Oh, it's so... And and then it finishes, and they go, and so we put that thing back. And it's like the encore, and it's it's because it's so clever. Like, they've obviously made it into a music... I want to watch the whole musical. Yeah. I, I love it so much. I love it so much, as you might be able to tell. Well, get, get, get your pen and paper out and write a letter to whoever it is that Bob Iger is not now. Oh, that would be so... Br- I know, it's another Bob. I it is another Bob, isn't it's, it? It's another Bob. Oh, is it... Um, something check. Oh, yes, it is. It is. Yes, I know. Um, oh, oh, you, Bob, well, that's as close as we'll Bob, get. Bob Bobacek, I'll, I'll Bob say. Bobacek. Bob yeah, Bobacek. Probably right. Probably not far off. Probably not far off. But... Do you want to do thumbs up? Well, I mean... Have you got any other points that you want to bring? Well, I wanted to ask you quickly what you thought of the sequel. Oh, a great point. Great point to make. I, okay, that's, a, yeah. Okay, because I did make a note on this as oh, well. Oh, okay, so, interesting. I was just going to, I was just going to bring this up as just a casual talking point because no, obviously I've, I've, there is a sequel to this movie, Monsters University. Mm-hmm. Or, or not prequel. sequel, prequel, yeah. Yeah. And uh, when did that come out? It was relatively recent. Rather, 2000 and, I, actually it might not have been, I think it was 2014. 14 15 something like that 15 uh, got some great people 13 13 interesting it's got Mm. it's got emma thompson in it and she's fantastic yeah Yeah. but any thoughts so this so 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 it's an interesting one because actually i don't think i think critically it's not as good and i think it got panned a little bit by some people yeah but not but not everyone i I, I say panned it didn't get absolutely panned. i think people said pixar i think people said it was fine yeah, it was fine. And that was the, that's the, rest. so why I like it. There's two reasons why I like it. Firstly, because when I watched Monsters, Inc. this time, I watched it again and I went, oh, wait, hang on. So Sully's the main character. Yeah. And Mike is kind of more the, the sidekick. Yeah. Whereas Monsters University, it's the other way around. Yeah. And secondly, not only is it the other way around, I love a movie where, for whatever reason, you've got two heroes, and then in a sequel, or a prequel in this case, one of them's a villain. I love that. Yeah. I I absolutely love that. Any anytime that happens, I that's that's one of my most favorite things when you when you when you bring a bit of diversity to a character and you show that sully was at one point he he, he wasn't always i see now i um, wasn't sure if you were talking about sully there or if you were talking about randall no no sully specifically i don't think randall is as believable i'll be honest 
in when you watch the when you watch if you watch in chronological chronological order right. i think which, which i've missing, never done have you done that uh no i haven't but I, I think if you were to there's a missing step between the character development of randall i think something else has made him as bitter and twisted as he is yeah, yeah. and I, I i don't think they really explain him as a character that well fair enough but what i would say is i think this is the one so so another thing i was going to say and this is the note that i made was that as a prequel monsters university i think it's a really really great prequel because prequels are obviously designed not to not to act in a way that you kind of watch want to watch in chronological order yeah. they're they're designed to work in a way so that it in it, it embellishes on the character and and, and drives the story but they're not supposed to be watched in chronological order. No. If you see what I mean. Yeah. I think this is an exception. It doesn't matter what way around you watch these two movies. I don't think it matters. No. No, I'm I, and I think I've only really seen Monsters University once. And as I said, I've not watched them in either chronological or not chronological order. I've never watched them side by side, basically. And mm. I don't feel any compulsion to, to be honest. Mm. I I'll be honest. I very much mirror the it was okay sort of opinion. And I very much view it as a kind of, oh, you like these characters, so here's a sequel type thing. Mm. Mm. Uh, much in the same way. I watched I watched Frozen 2 on Disney Plus last week, and that was exactly the same thing. I It, it was fine, but I, I, I genuinely didn't care for it because... Mm. All I saw was another adventures with characters that we know, which, frankly, all I see in that is a big truck of money being driven up to uh, the Disney house. That, that, that's the watched, only I've reason. Never watched them. That's like the only reason these movies are these movies are made for me. Like see the, these kind of animated sequels, and the only exception to these are the Toy Story movies. Although, if I may say so, four. I think four falls under that mm, category. Falls under that category. I agree. Four. Um, Finding Dory, unfortunately. Um, falls under that category. All the, the car, cars. all the cars movies falls under fall under that category, and it's upsetting because Pixar has this reputation of big emotional gut punches. Mm. So, so on that, right? So on that, let, let let's. There's two movies that I think, therefore, just just to kind of add to that, there's two movies that I think that Pixar have done, which one of them. I don't think we'll ever get a sequel. Of, of, of three, Wally and Up. I don't think we'll ever get sequels to those. No, and they'd be stupid to do that. Yep. But there is one Pixar movie that I think a hundred percent should get a sequel, and I'd want to watch more of. And there's a brilliant way you can up the stakes and naturally grow it. Do you know which one it is? I don't know. Ratatouille. No, not Ratatouille. That what's the one that? that I mean, like obviously. It, it's it's a relatively new one right and it's it's perfect to explore further the concept and the ideas that they start upon oh it, on the spot it's not it's not one. onward is it because i've not seen no, that yet no i've not seen it either i've not seen it either no uh, the, the one i'm thinking of is actually inside oh, out okay cool because you have a perfect character of riley who you can grow up and you can include more things into her yeah uh, psyche and you can include more characters and you can include more emotions and it's yeah and you there's a really great natural progression that i think disney uh, pixar should capitalize on in that case and it, and it wouldn't feel like a money-making scheme which is what i think Toy it'd Story be tricky wasn't. i think it'd, nah. i think it'd be tricky 
Although I think I think there's a lot that you could do it with a lot more. I think if they announced, more. I think if they announced Inside Out two, my attitude to it was be would be be very careful. Just like oh, I think, but but I think mm. it's an easy. I think it would be far easier to do a sequel to that than, like I said, Wally or yeah. Ratatouille or um, what was the other one I made? Coco. Coco would probably be fine. Brave. You could do a sequel to Brave. You could. Braver. Braver. <laughs> Bravest. <laughs> uh, so, thumbs up. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, I'll go for two. There's a reason why I give it two. Yeah. And that is... Uh, so, for the full, however long the movie is... Hour and a half. Uh, that's usually how long, that's the usually how long full, these movies are. For the full uh, 92 minutes of the movie, it's one thumb up for me. Right, but if you add that monsters, uh, monsters musical at the end, the monsters Inc. musical, All right, okay, instantly too. It's self-referential. It's digging at specific music videos out there. It's it, it it's capitalizing on the standard tropes of a normal musical. It's also fucking hilarious. So therefore, when you include that, it's two thumbs up. When you don't include it as a movie. So, I guess judging it by the 92 minutes that's on Disney Plus, it's a one thumb up for me. Oh, okay, very critical. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll, st- I'll still, I'll, st- I think I'll still stick with two. Do that. Yeah, do that. I'll do that. I'll do that. I feel like we have the same opinion more often than not, so I'm just gonna yeah. be different. forward yeah let's move forward now we i think i brought both brought the same thing to moving yeah forward well, well we kind of did didn't week. we uh so uh everyone around the world i think it's been released on all netflix platforms america australia europe and the uk yeah that's uh, second s- selling sorry. sunset season three wait what what were you gonna say what were you gonna what say were you selling, selling sunset? sunset oh no wait no oh what no i'm not watching that <laughs> you, you can't prove anything Shut up. What's Selling Sunset? Oh, watch it. <laughs> what is it? It's uh it's it's about a it's about uh it's a reality show about a real estate agency in Los Angeles selling stupid expensive houses and lots of uh drama between the <gasps> cast members. I've just brought it up here. 5.9 on IMDb Netflix. This looks deplorable oh yes <laughs> i don't think i'll like this i think you should try it and i it think you should make... watch it with maddie it might make me angry <laughs> there's a very unfortunate they're only half hour long episodes you go into the... yeah i've been fooled that way before <laughs> <laughs> there's if you go on to if you go on to the imdb page for selling sunsets and there's the kind of top video bit where you can play there's a very yeah. unfortunate screenshot of the play button of christine quinn yeah uh with her eyes half closed half open half open and i swear to god i thought it was uh lindsay lohan oh bloody hell or what who's the who's the really who's the right wing uh blonde in america uh kind of news reporter oh what's what's her name i have no idea no idea. She, she's honestly no, that Christine is the absolute worst person. Is she? Honestly, oh, she's a she's dreadful. <laughs> she's okay, dreadful. Well, 
kind of want to watch it. I kind of want to watch it. That that feeling yeah, we talked can, about before. You can thank you know me we, later. You know how you know how we talked before about being scared and then be making and, and crying. I think there's a there's a there's a there's an anger that watching things that you know are going to anger you yeah. fall into that category. Yeah, yeah, sometimes yeah. sometimes I do that. Yeah. Uh, but but yeah but yeah yeah. So actually, what I was going to talk about was season two of Umbrella Academy. Fantastic. Mm. Now. You didn't watch the first season? Am I no, right? I did. I watched it? I watched the first season, but I I was excited to watch the second season again. And because um first season again. Well, I was excited to, mm, no, I was excited to watch the second season, sorry. And yes. uh because I've recently just moved moved in to a new flat with my girlfriend, I asked her if she would like to watch it with me. Mm. And she said, "Let me watch a trailer." And she was interested. I was like, right, okay, well, let's watch season one again. Mm. So we're a couple of episodes into that again. So it's gonna be it's gonna be a little while before I actually get to season two. But I'm very much uh, enjoying season one again. Yeah. So it's by no means wasted time. So I've I've watched a couple of episodes of season two. Thoroughly, thoroughly enjoying it. I've got uh, three things I want to talk about from a musical perspective. Oh. So Umbrella Academy. I think we could almost do a full episode on it. But but Umbrella Academy do. Uh, do take their music music very seriously. Actually, um, I'm sure you'll agree with me, yeah. specifically from season one. Yeah. What's your thoughts on the opening song of season one, which is the opening song? Uh-huh. Oh, it's a violin uh, cover of Phantom oh, of the Opera. Yeah, that. I mean, th- that was very much an eye rolly moment. For, I, com- for, I knew you would say for, that. For me, me too. For, me too. Oh, for you as well. Oh, thank goodness, because I feel oh, me I feel me super too. snobby when no, I, no, no, no. when I'm seeing. No, we're, well, we're both snobby. I'm, yeah. I'm not bringing you down to my level. You're bringing me up to yours right. by do- saying that. So let's, let's let's be on the same side here. I mean, I was like, oh, okay, here we go. I mean, one, my... it's a cheesy violin version of Phantom of the Opera. Cheesy as cheesy hell. as hell, but also. The quality of miming from Ellen Page is, is it, atrocious. It is, it is so absolutely bad atrocious. to the extent that the very first note she's she's putting the bow on the string and it's on the lowest sounding string, mm. and it's setting this up, it's setting this up, it's setting this up, and then the super high note comes out. High note comes and, out, yeah. And, and me and Ilham just burst out laughing. It's, it's oh, I atrocious can imagine. because I can imagine. I'm sorry, you do not need to be an expert string player to know that. Yeah, you do not need yeah to, you're right, you, you're right. Why was there not someone quality controlling that? I mean, that's I, just I, embarrassing. It, and it I is embarrassing. To, to build on it, obviously, the I didn't rewatch the full series one but i did watch the last episode oh, okay which, sure so it's spoilers for the last episode uh, uh var var is it var ellen page's vanya. character vanya uh becomes the the white violin as her kind of character is from the oh, it's a comic book story yeah. obviously we probably should mention that up top yeah but it, she becomes the white violin which is her kind of i guess i guess it's kind of like she's kind of like a villainous character she's portrayed as one certainly in this yeah um but she's just obviously very misunderstood uh atrocious sinking oh, and, yeah. and the so whole bad. thing visually i thought it was terrible actually but the rest of the series is fantastic yeah the the other one that i want to talk about was i think it's episode six or episode seven of first series there's a beautiful dance sequence 
to one of my most favorite songs ever, Top Loader's Dancing in the Moonlight. Oh, yeah. Between, uh, I forget the names of the, the characters, Space Boy and, uh, the, the, I forget her name, I heard a rumor. Uh, br- brilliant. I love the inclusion yeah. of, of that. And, and they, they just, they do hit you over the head with the songs in it. They like, do. It's, it's because so I, pers- I personally it's really so like the inclusion in the very first episode of season one of I Think We're Alone Now. When, yes, when, when they're all dancing, they're all dancing yeah. in their individual rooms in the house. And then you get this kind of doll's house view of the whole yeah, yeah. mansion that's cut out and you see them all. It's a great shot. Mm. All just like, you know, just doing their own thing. And some Do, of the dancing is thing. truly insane. <laughs> yeah. But, but uh, the, the only other one I was going to talk about now, and I'm aware you are, haven't seen a lot of season two. And it's, it's I haven't not seen really any of season two. <laughs> okay. So it's, so, it's, so it's not a spoiler directly to it, but we talked on the show a couple of, a couple of months ago we did the movie snatch yep now if you had never seen snatch before but there is a sequence in i think it's episode three of season two that is directly taken from it's 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 uh it's uh, a homage to guy Ritchie's snatch oh, because cool. something happens on screen and then a song that's also fears and snatch happens and i was like that snatch they've obviously just went homage to snatch and i looked up on imdb and of course the only piece of trivia for that episode was this certain sequence is a direct homage to it and i knew it was a direct homage to it because it played uh, golden brown which is the uh, i think it's like it's one of the weird time signatures of that song golden brown texture like sun lays me down my Uh, amazing and uh, you'll know it when you see it uh, but have that in the front of your mind. Okay. Um, I think it's episode three that it happens, oh, or okay, episode cool. four. But re- really great. I've not got to the end of season two, but loving it so far. Oh, fantastic. Well, as I said, I'm very much looking forward to getting to season two. But mm. I would like to talk about a little mm. piece of industry news that mm. happened in, in that Disney have decided in their infinite wisdom to release Mulan mm-hmm. on Disney+. And at first, I thought... Hooray! Fantastic! Mm. This is really, really great. This is what we get Disney Plus for. Fantastic! Then I discovered that no, 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 no. They're not really releasing on Disney Plus. They're releasing it, but with uh, well, they haven't released any UK specifics yet. But in the US, it's like a thirty dollar price tag for a forty eight hour rental of the movie on a service that you're already paying. Was it eight? eight dollars eight dollars a month for yeah yeah how do you feel about this (sighs) so i I get like when you when you initially told me because we obviously kind of did briefly chat about this before we started recording and i read it in the news and we we, we've been I've, i've been looking at this kind of um, this this model that I, I feel that specifically Disney, and I know I, th- I think HBO are probably going to start to go down the, the way with this with their uh, streaming service that, that comes out. I don't know if it's out quite yet, HBO Max. Yeah. But but basically what, what you're doing is you're, you're providing a hybrid model between your standard streaming service and your standard cable service. Yeah. And what this is doing is it's capitalizing on the fact that they were not going to make the money back from the cinema. They're going to obviously put it here. I mean, it's put, put it this way. It's not going to work, but I, I understand and I understand why people are frustrated with it. I understand why they're doing it 
but I'm not as shocked by it. And the reason why I'm not shocked by it is because you and I grew up in a world where you had Sky, and in uh, Australia it's called Stan, and obviously in America it's cable, or, or there's hundreds of different providers. Yeah. But what you did there was you paid for certain packages. You would pay for like a sports package, or you paid yeah. for a movie package. And then you could choose to pay extra for the for a movie to rent it to have in your cinema. So this isn't a new thing. The only thing that's new is that they're introducing that same pay-per-view style uh, that has been around for, I would say, probably about 15, 20 years. Yeah. But they're now integrating that into streaming service. And But it's like, if it was a free service, you wouldn't, you, you wouldn't get any complaints from me. No, but, but, but Sky wasn't a free service, but they still did the same thing. Well, That's I don't think I'm it's okay for Sky either. <laughs> no, I know, I know, you're, you're right, you're right, but, but you're right. But, because the, it's, like, the, my, it's like microtransactions and games, right? You know, you, you spend... Exactly, you, you spend, that's the point. You, you spend, what, is, what are we up to now, $59.99 for, a, for mm. a AAA title nowadays? And you buy that, and then all of a sudden, you know, the best examples are the EA Sports um exactly. EA sports games so you, you you buy that game and then you're still pumping so much money into opening packs gotta open packs to i've never bought anything from a game ever no but or out of principle yeah out of principle but then that. that's but then that is exactly the same principle that says it's not okay because then you, well you can download free games on no. mobile app, on on your mobile or whatever Yes. And then there are microtransactions in them, and you're like, right, okay, fine, because it's a free game. They got to make their money back, and if I see something that I like, then you know, fundamentally, I've got no problem paying for that. So, so the, the, the I, I actually think you have stumbled across the reason why I think you're angry at this, and I, and I see where I probably am. You know, I'm a little angry at it, and the dif- the differential between this and the Sky model that I mentioned, and that is because ultimately, Sky didn't make the movie that they're asking extra money for yeah. sky didn't make that new james bond movie or that new marvel movie yeah. they didn't but disney charge you for the service they make movies to put on it and then disney yeah. charge you more yeah. and that's why it's akin to the ea model not because of the kind of microtransaction style which it is micro it, it, i mean it's essentially my it is microtransaction style yeah. it's closer to but the reason it's closer to that is because you have one single conglomerate unless we forget Disney own everything. Yeah. And that's another reason. Yeah, you know, we said this like we said this in one of the last episodes. Uh Disney got over eighty over eighty percent of last year's total box office, yeah. global box office revenue. Which is insane. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then tie that with the fact that I, I also mentioned HBO. Now HBO uh run a similar model where you can pay for extra things and you can pay for a streaming service. But the reason why so, so HBO are a funny one because the reason why people are not as outraged is partially because HBO don't own everything and also because if you own everything, you're going to own some shit. Yeah. HBO are very selective as to what they tie their name to and their branding to. And they're one of the few companies that if I see a HBO style product, I go, you know it's going to be good yeah. because a lot of thoughts got into it. Whereas D- Disney are a lot more slapdash with their properties. Yeah. And that brings me to the second point. I can't see a world in which this is a good movie. And I can't see a world in which it makes nearly a quarter of its money back. I'm going to tell you why you're wrong. Okay. I think this is a good movie. Mm -hmm. Because this is not the first movie that should have been released in the cinema by Disney that they decided to put on Disney+. Plus. Oh, was it Hamilton, was it? or? 
Artemis Fowl. Oh. Now, Artemis of Fowl course, course. just turned up on Disney+. Plus. No no uh, premier prices nothing ah, nothing like that you're making. nothing like that it just it just arrived everyone was like oh great okay new movie on disney plus i watched it and it was shite yeah now, yeah i see the point you're making if this was not a good movie do you think people would put up with paying for this service where you do get free free movies free new movies in the mm. case of Artemis Fell, you know, they've already crossed that bridge. They've already said, yeah. And in the US, Onward is on Disney Plus for that came early for no extra fee. Rise of Skywalker came early for no extra fee. It arrived at the same time in the UK, but in the US it arrived a lot earlier on Disney Plus. Mm. But Mulan, they're gonna charge you for. Mm. Why and I think I suspect it's because the movie is awesome and somebody's no. going to watch it yeah. and you're going to tell your friends to watch it and you're going to tell people to pay for it. And those customer, those customer reviews, those audience reviews are going to be the thing that make people pay the money because nobody's going to, nobody's going to pay it if it's a bad movie. Why would, mm. why would they? <laughs> I think we're missing something. There's there's a missing ingredient between what you've said, though. And uh, so take Onward, for example. Yeah. I'm sneezing quite a lot. Goodness. So uh, Onward. Hay fever. I know, but hay, yeah. Um, so Onward uh, and Artemis Fowl to an extent. What's the difference between that and this Milan? Is that ultimately they were not relying on the movie ticket sales. Because it's well established that what a lot of these movies make, specifically these child movies, is they make a lot of the money from merchandise. Milan couldn't rely on that. I don't think it's because it's a good movie. I think it is because they it, 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 it's going to be such a loss for Disney if they just put this. If they put that on Disney Plus, that would be such a loss for Disney. And, and almost well, yeah, but an, I was just expecting them, I was just expecting them to wait until they could put it in the cinemas, like Tenet. And I would have been fine with that. I was actually quite excited, and theoretically, I'm still excited about going yeah. to see Mulan in the cinemas because I saw yeah. the trailers, and I think it. I I genuinely think it looks good. I'm very much on the side of I think this will be a good movie. Yeah, but I am not going to spend thirty pounds on disney plus to watch it in my living room is that what they're charging 30 pounds well, that well again we've because that not... seemed, because that just goes to show that i i personally i think that proves my point in that they're desperate they're desperate for money because you wouldn't pay 30 pounds to go to a cinema well no you but, don't know right this is the thing for a family it's for a family i know i know what you're saying so, i know the point yeah but still no, yeah, you know, still but that's the point i'm not i'm not going to pay that but i don't think that's indicative that it's a bad movie I don't think I don't think that is at all because if it is a bad movie and one or two people pay for it they're just going to they're going to be livid and they're going to tell everyone in the world not to pay for it because it's a terrible movie. And mm. it does not take long for audience reviews and critic reviews to reach the average audience. It doesn't take that long at all. Yeah. And if they say if they say it's good, you're going to be much more likely. Okay, you and I might not ever get to the stage where we're going to pay thirty pounds to watch it in our living room. In fact, yeah. I'm I'm going I'm going as far as to say that there will never be a point where I'm going to do that. But I guarantee you, there are many many people in the world 
that when told by lots and lots of people that a movie is banging, mm-hmm. yeah, they'll be right on it. Yeah. Well, only time will tell. Yeah. Only time will tell. I I did have one more little thing to bring to moving forward. Oh yeah, go on. Uh, that I didn't. I, I know it's something that interests you as well. Uh, obviously, there's been the news has been out recently that uh, there is uh, rumors that um, uh, uh, Donald Glover uh, will be reprising his role as Lando Calrissian. Excellent. In a prequel series uh, or or film. Uh, that may or may not include Han Solo. I would love I it. If it I are. would love it if it did. Mm. Uh, I don't know canon wise if that works, but who the hell cares about that now? Well, so the reason the reason why I think there's a really good opportunity to include Han Solo is it, this brings me back to the circular theme that I have of this is that what you could do is you could create a very clever Monsters University esque. Uh, prequel here yeah. because there is an opportunity right now to make a f- so, so so the reason why so let me set the scene you have solo yeah i wasn't a huge fan of it uh, and then you have empire okay yeah and between solo and empire you're led to believe that han solo and lando carrizian have fallen out so much that it almost pains han solo to re-engage with lando carrizian yeah okay to, to hide with but at the end of solo there's not a, there, there's not enough animosity between the two of them one, I don't think there's enough animosity. Two, I don't think there's enough friendship for you know, you know, the the bait and switch when they when mm. they land on Cloud City and then mm. Billy D's Lando is so incredibly happy to see Han. And yes. I've and there's no there's nothing in solo that would no. that would justify that that level of friendship yet. I yes. think animosity actually, yes. I think I think I think the negative side of their relationship is set up in Solo. I think it's the friendship side that's not justified. So let me pitch to you my thoughts of what will happen here. Okay. okay? And it goes back to, the, as I said, the Monsters University trope of one of the goodies becomes the baddie. Right. I want to see a new film that that, that continues the story of the young Lando, the young Han, where the story follows Lando, yeah, but the villain is Han Solo. It'll never happen. I would love it, and and it Be would happen. Be honest with yourself. Do you think it would happen? Oh no, no, no. I don't think it would. But but what you could do if you were clever with it is you could set Han as the villain. So so you know, Lando's trying to do a bounty, and Han, I guess, is is also trying to do the bounty. But you're wanting Lando to win because Lando's maybe maybe he's trying to. He's trying to feed his daughter or something, yeah. or he's trying to, he's trying to, or his his, his wife, because obviously he hasn't had his daughter yet, but yeah. he's trying to, I don't know, for whatever reason, he's trying to do an honorable thing. And Han Solo is just doing it selfishly. Therefore, yeah. he is the villain. Yeah. But you you but you still believe him as a character. Up until the end, yeah. and the end, there's a redemption of Han Solo, and that is where you tie in the friendship piece. Yeah. Where Han gives whatever, for whatever reason, Han wins the bounty. But then he kind of realizes that actually, no, there's more important things, yeah. gives it to Lando. And then there's that real tight friendship you see and the, the kind of animosity almost between the two of them. I, I, I would love personally, that would be perfect so, for me. For me, I don't think that would ever work because I don't think anybody would ever buy Han Solo as being an antagonist. And but, not but- because he's a solo uh, not not because he's so not because he's a hero in future movies because obviously um to use your monsters inc comparison 
our first association with Sully is as a good guy. And then he goes back and he's being a bad guy. But it's because of Solo. Because you can't go good guy, bad guy, good guy. I see what you're saying. Because you're we, saying. we've been we've been introduced to a young version. If they did that in Solo, and Han Solo was a piece of shit in yeah. Solo, and then turned into a good guy, if they'd already done that, yeah. I think that would have worked. But they've not. Mm. so yeah, i think no, i think that's point. you make a good point i think that's uh, a no-go yeah. for that one i mean i don't think it's a no-go i think you would just have to be very clever with it yeah possibly. you know you, i mean you, i'm not you, a writer you, what do i know no but, <laughs> but but you could you could because ultimately good people are driven to do bad things and you could if you wrote it i i think i think what you're saying is a really good retort and actually i think you are right but I also think if you were very clever, you could tread the line to the point where as long as you make a good character desperate, yeah. you can paint him in an antagonist light, but you know in the back of your mind he's a protagonist. Uh, no, and see, you can still a, create a see, good that, story. That's a point of view that's a point of view piece there. Well that's it. And that's the point I'm trying right. to make. You know, there, there's how many films have we watched where you know the villain isn't actually a villain, he's just desperate. Yeah. And therefore he is the villain. And I can't think of it on top of my head, but uh, Thanos. <laughs> That, yeah, Thanos. <laughs> yeah, potentially, potentially. Carl Gruber. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Gruber. Uh, I think that's a show, though. Yeah, I reckon that. I reckon that's that's enough. I think that worked. Nice. I think that worked quite well. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, what do they have to do now? Uh, they've got to go on to the Apple Podcasts app, and uh, just as a as a precursor to everything I'm going to say, you can actually do everything that I'm about to describe in the app, and that's there. It's all there. Yeah, and that is to rate us five star or however mm. however many stars you think we deserve i personally think five is reasonable and mm. if you wouldn't be so uh if you'd be so kind to leave us a little review that would also be very much appreciated uh mm. reviews are always very fun fun to read and mm. if you didn't want to actually critique the show you could just tell us what your favorite movie is or tell us what your favorite movie soundtrack is mm. we're mm. also on spotify Mm-hmm. And yes. we have an email address as well. What's the email address, Callum? The email address is motionspod at gmail.com. It is indeed. Uh, I came up with now, that myself. Uh, now, just just on the point there, but obviously it is all there. You can do it all in app. Uh, just to confuse uh, some potential uh, issues that, that people had with that. Um, something I need to also say, it's free. It is free. Oh, it's It's free. It's free. You don't. There's no pay prescription service. This isn't some Mulan bait and switch that we're talking about, yep. ladies and gentlemen. It's there. It's ready to yeah. go. Although, if you were looking you for some, if you were looking for some sort of, it. if you were looking for some sort of uh, premium service, uh, we, we might we might start a Patreon run. We can maybe like, and, and we can maybe auction off some of Callum's peeled skin that he's uh, oh, that he's uh, having love at the moment. That. Well, I mean, you you got to get in quick because I eat most of it. He does. He does. I've seen it. <laughs> He's been doing it all the, the, the whole episode. So now I'm going to ask you what we're doing next week. Not what are you doing next week, but what are we going to do? Do we have an idea? Oh, yeah. Mm, I, oh, I don't know. I don't know. This is interesting. Should I just should I just announce a movie at, at you and just like commit to it here on on the podcast? Do it. Let's do it. What are we doing next week? Man of Steel. Ah. <sighs> There you are. Man of Steel next week, everyone. So stay tuned for that. And until then, goodbye. All right, guys. Ta-ta. Ta-ta.